All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Remake Rewind. I'm Mike. As always with me, I got my buddy Alex. How are you doing, man? Surprise. Today it's not Alex. Oh, no. Yes, it is. Imposter. Well, gotcha. something that's a little different, though. Normally, we are uh, a podcast where we decide if remakes or reboots should have happened. We talk about a movie, it's remake or reboot, and just kind of compare them. Uh, but we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, I, I wouldn't even call this like a reboot or a requel, but we're going to, just for the hell of it, we're going to be talking about Willow and the uh, first two episodes of the uh, Disney Plus series, Willow. Is it a reboot? I feel like it's a little bit of a reboot. I, I mean, like, he's in every episode. And yeah, and it's like, it's a sequel. It's definitely a sequel. It's definitely a sequel, it's but a I wouldn't necessarily sequel. call it a requel either, though. But I feel like it's a reboot of, it's not a requel. I don't think it's a requel, because it's a, it's a direct sequel. Right. But in the sense that the the, the previous movie came out in 1988, and now they're having another, they're having a sequel uh, however many years later. Um feels a little rebooty it's like a reboot of the franchise yeah but i mean that's what technically a requel is supposed to be like we we never ended up getting around to covering scream and i'm hoping we still we still do but you know a requel does the whole point of a requel is that it's a reboot and a sequel it has the legacy characters but you're supposed to start phasing out oh do they just call it a legacy sequel maybe that's the best one yeah so this is more of a legacy sequel but we uh we just kind of wanted to watch it and talk about it so we are yeah so uh not a normal remake rewind episode, but you know, still nerdy. Yeah, still yeah. pop culturey. Yeah, and that's what we is. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll let you go first. But like, what 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 are your connections to the the Willow movie? Like, is I'm sure you've seen it before. I haven't actually. Oh um, shit! Yeah, you know, I was you're a few years younger than me, so I think that maybe you saw it as a kid because it had a you either had people around you that kind of grew up with it, or it was like a um, there's a resurgence or something, maybe. I was three when this came out, so I think I was just too young and then not interested when I was old enough. Yeah, this movie, um, this was not one that was on TV all the time, all the time, but I'd say, you know, I would catch it on TV with my dad like every three to five years, and every time it was on, it was something we watched. But I I distinctly remember uh, this being like the first movie where I was blown away by special effects. Like, oh, wow. Um, because I remember seeing it when I was like May under five, um, and be seeing the the scene where uh, like the two headed like dragon thing that the trolls <laughs> yeah. turn into, and seeing that and just being like holy shit! But you know the kid <laughs> version of that. But I just remember that was crazy. And then um, the witch, like the older witch, turning into all the different animals throughout the course of the movie. You mean the and then like yeah, <laughs> and then they. Uh, uh, at at the end when all the anal- the army turns into like pigs and then like back, those transformations <laughs> blew my mind as like a five year old. Yeah. Um. So this is a movie that was like I I honestly think this might be the first movie that like from a special effects standpoint just melted my mind. So wow. It's it, and it's also when uh, Disney Plus came out. You know, four years ago, five years ago, whenever it was. Um. I think 2018 or yeah. 20- I guess they've had three seasons of The Mandalorian. So. Not yet. It comes oh, out in March. But it's um, at least two years. Yeah. But yeah, I think huh. I think it was 2018. It was definitely when I was at my previous job. And one of the, f- I, I think the first thing I watched, I flipped on, you know, uh, Disney Plus on my Apple TV and saw Willow. And I'm pretty sure Willow was the first thing I watched <laughs> with cool. uh, Apple TV. So I, I was actually really excited to wow, so go back and watch this. Yeah. There's so many like sentimental attachments for you and zero for me. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's like one of those movies that like like I said, it's not wasn't on all the time. So it's not like it's one of those movies that like I know every scene beat for beat. Like I it's it's something I watch infrequently enough that every time I watch it, like I'm getting something out of it. Like I don't remember it as n- enough. So it's almost like watching it again for the first time every time. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's so cool. Def- different experience, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a funny rhyme. I got nothing. Yeah, I was trying to think of something else, and that's the only one I got, man. This is the podcast where we're not funny. No, sometimes we is, sometimes well, we isn't. Well, cool. This is a you know a nice nostalgic view for you, and and a totally new one for me. So that's interesting. Well, since you hadn't seen it before, and I'm sure you know, being the the film scholar you are, you probably took copious notes, and you're probably the best person to. Uh, summarize this movie <laughs> i'm i'm not as a matter of fact i forgot that we do summaries and i did not prepare one all right i'll, I'll um, do it real quick. no no I'll, I'll do an off the cuff one this will be good there you go um if you think about uh joseph campbell's the hero journey and how it's used in star wars and and you also like lord of the rings and you also like uh dungeons and dragons and you just kind of put them all together then you get willow yeah. How's that? That's pretty good. I saw this um, comment online earlier today, actually. Somebody was just like, uh, I just watched Willow for the first time to prepare for the series, and uh, I just think it was, they, they described it as like lackluster. They didn't like feel anything watching it, and it was just a ripoff of all the things you said, but they also threw in like Army of Darkness and like <laughs> some- Wait, that's awesome. Like, yeah. And another like fantasy thing from like, the late 90s it was i, I want to say like hercules or zorro but not that it was like the kevin sorbo movie that he did like kroll okay. or whatever it was he was not in kroll kroll rules no there's like there was another 90s one i don't know if it was kroll or something now it's got now i gotta look up i'm just saying kevin, kevin sorbo. sorbo wasn't in kroll sorbo was sucks one, like, kroll rules no, no i'm not talking about the 80s one there was one in the 90s there's a 90s kroll i think so oh no shit i think cut, so cut all this out on the Always Sunny podcast, that uh, on the Always Sunny podcast, comma they go cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, and they never do. <laughs> I bet. I mean, who we don't know if they do, right? That's true. We don't. But they don't always because they're definitely cut that's in the podcast. Kevin Sorbo does like nine thousand movies because he's so cheap because nobody wants to see him. Fuck, he's I hate the that worst. I'm, I hate that I'm giving him like the search optimization shit. Oh, it's Cole K U L L was what it was. Oh. Um. And that's a sequel uh, to Kroll? No, it's not. I, okay. I thought it might be. I just remember it had a similar name. Um, so you're full of shit. But, like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, could, fuck, I don't remember. It's like this little idiot's or Facebook comment. But I was like, I had to comment. I'm like, you know, Army of Darkness and Kroll came out after this movie. <laughs> and from a special effects standpoint, like, this movie was, like, revolutionary. Like, there's an entire episode about this movie in the uh, Industrial Light and Magic documentary on, on Disney Plus as well. And how this was the first... Um, on-screen full transformation from animal to human and human to animal. It's the first time it's actually been shown entirely um, yeah, without like, cutting. Exactly. So many goddamn so, pigs in this movie. So many goddamn pigs. Well, uh, uh, go go ahead. I, I was I have a comment about the hero's journey thing. No, I, I was going to say that. No, I was just saying that you're not the first person to kind of make a summary like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm being a little glib, but I, I actually don't hold anything against the movie for that. Like. Um, I think it's it's very charming. Uh, I had a good time watching it, and I don't hold anything against any movie, especially from the '80s or '90s, for adhering to the 
the hero's journey just because Star Wars did it. Like movies did it before then and movies will continue to do it after then. Yeah. Uh movies have continued to do it after then. Specifically like Tron Legacy and Harry Potter. Yeah. Like absolutely it's all the same shit. I would there's um, what, only seven types of stories to be told. It's seven or twelve, I don't remember, but right, right. Everything is just a rehash of something else that's been done. Uh yeah, I mean the the the, the hero's journey uh, formula specifically is like very recognizable. Yeah, exactly. But um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, I, no, I think it's I think it's it's very charming and sincere and um, and original, despite how unoriginal some of it feels. Well, and it's. It, in, in in a favor of its originality, like 1988, this was like peak Arnold Stallone, mm-hmm. that kind of action hero. And here you have, you know, uh, um, why am I blanking on his name? Warwick, Warwick Davis, Davis and Val Kilmer before he really blew up. Like he'd had a few big movies, you know, he had like real genius already. He'd already done Top Gun, but, you know, he hadn't really been the action hero yet. Yeah. And he had his, you know, few of those movies in the 90s. But like, when you look at what an action movie was prior to this movie, like having, you know, somebody with the form of dwarfism as your leading man is pretty bananas. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Like, there are so many um, little people, I think is the preferred nomenclature in this film, and uh, and they're great. And it's just like something that you don't see. You still, I feel like we haven't seen a whole lot of that uh, or something that bold since then. No. So it was pretty cool um, to see that. Yeah, I, I I think it's fun, and it's like, and they're the little people in this movie. That's like it's not like a gimmick. Like they're just little people. They have their little town and everything. Like yeah, they're seen as like another race of people that just exist in the world. So yeah, it's it's kind of a refreshing thing. And it's, yeah, like you said, you don't really and, see that. Yeah, and the amount of slurs hold, hurled against um, these people in the movie uh, really makes you, um, you know. It really puts you on their side. Yeah. Like, Called pecs. Yeah. I mean, people are, uh, I get race, racism is the right thing to call it, right? Yeah. Um, people are such uh, pieces of shit to him. And yet he just stays positive and he keeps on trekking. Yeah. Stealing babies from mothers hits a lot harder in 2022. Yeah. This movie yeah. opens up with a baby being stolen from, babies being stolen from mothers across the land. And, um, you know, I think ripped it's ripped whole- off the Bible, ripped off Moses, but it's yeah, girls instead yeah. of boys. Not a new story, but still terrifying. And um, especially in our in our current political climate. Yeah. Well, I guess we should like do a real su- like oh, yeah. <laughs> su- summary. So long story short, there's an evil queen who heard a prophecy that this little baby girl will uh, with a special mark will eventually grow up to be a very powerful sorceress who will get rid of the the evil queen so the evil queen finds all the pregnant women and basically dispatches any babies that are born but luckily for little baby Alora, she is found uh the midwife like smuggles her out with the laundry and takes her on this like journey where these like rodents of unusual size like try to eat them but eventually uh the the midwife has to like dump the baby in the river because she gets eaten and willow's family finds her and willow is a aspiring sorcerer he wants to become the town sorcerer and have an adventure and so he is forced to take the baby back to her own kind and mishaps and adventure uh ensue when he teams up with mad mardigan and even the evil queen's daughter wow that is Damn. an eloquent synopsis of the film willow 
Willow. All right, we're done. Thank you guys for listening. No. Yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> so this being your first time watching the movie, I'll let you go first. What are some some highlights for you? What stood out to you? Um, like I said, the the sincerity and uh, the 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 charm narity. What's the word? Char- charming <laughs> charmingness. Sure. I guess I guess it's just charm, right? Yeah. The sincerity and charm um, was really really nice. I definitely feel like if I saw this when I was a child, it would have been something that stuck with me. I understand why um, it's a beloved movie for so many people. Uh, the special effects you mentioned, I think, are pretty impressive. Um, and also, it's just like a, a gorgeous movie. They shot it in Wales, I think. In New Zealand. I think some of it was in New Zealand, but most of it was in Wales. Yeah. Maybe that's the new one. I, th- I think I'm right. Maybe it's um, New South Wales. Regardless, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Like it is. It very, really is a pretty very movie. beautiful movie. Um, you know, this is when they shot movies on film too, man. So and cool to capture all yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. On film, on location, it's nice. It still works. Yeah, I agree. It's you. You can always tell, like, when people film things on location, whether it's you know, like that's why people really like the 007 movies. Like, there's just mm-hmm. something about seeing these exotic places. And Christopher I mean, Nolan films as well. He always right. shoots on location. And I think Fast and Furious to a certain extent too. Like, they're yeah, they're aping James Bond movies, but they want to be globe trotting action adventure movies. And people watch those movies partially because they go to all these exotic, interesting locations. I, absolutely. Oh, I guess I think I should say up front that I'm like not a huge fantasy person, like sword and sandal and um, magic and stuff. Like I like fantasy that involves sci-fi somehow. I like post-apocalyptic. I like, um, you know, Star Wars-esque kind of fantasy, but the like doing magic and stuff um, in the in the forest is like not really my <laughs> my forte. Which is um, funny because you and I have been talking about playing D&D together for years. Yeah, and D- <laughs> D&D is a little bit different because it... Um, you're directly involved in it. There's like improv and hanging out yeah. with friends and stuff. Like it's it's different. But so if we were gonna play, uh, if we were talking about playing a role playing game that is D and like D and D, but it's in the Fallout, you know, type of universe, I'd be even more into it. We might have actually done it by now. Yeah. Well, it's funny if we actually did play. We started once a couple of years back, and then it didn't end up happening. But like the campaign, I would have done. You would have ended up in some weird shit. Well, yeah, don't tell me. Let's. So we'll have to get into it eventually. We're going to do um, it. I still have my guy. Yeah. Um, I guess highlights for me, I just, it's really just the the uh, the charm and the chemistry between all the actors in it. Like you said, like Val Kilmer and. Oh, uh, Val Kilmer is one of my standouts too, by yeah, the way. He's, he's so, so good. good. And so goddamn attractive. Uh, Joanne Whaley. They got married. Yeah. After meeting on this film mm-hmm. and they were married, they had two kids and, you know, fortunately they divorced seven years later, but you know, they had two kids, but yeah, like Val Kilmer is so good in this movie and he's effortlessly charming. And like, I have this like renewed respect. I think I've talked about it before, but, um, when you, uh, I watched that documentary on Amazon that he did, you know, a couple years back. And I remember after, uh, like hearing that he was like this asshole and like, I'm not saying that he's not some sort of asshole. Like he sounds like he is kind of an egotistical guy to a certain extent, but he also seems very, very much in love with the craft of movie making. And I remember like after we did, um, um, the Island of Dr. Moreau, and I watched that little documentary and everyone's like, Marlon Brando hated him. The director hated him. And David Lewis hated him. And all these people didn't like him. But then when you actually see his little like diaries, his video documentary, and then you see that he's just like, he was right. Like that movie was not good. 
the the island of Dr. Moreau. Like he just really cares about filmmaking and whatnot. So like I have this like new love and respect for Val Kilmer. Anytime I see him in something now, I'm just like, I know he put everything in to yeah. the movie because that's like what he expected from everybody else. So yeah, and I think you and I get into conversations a lot about um, you know method actors and people that are difficult to work with on set or whatever. And it's probably worth wondering if um, what their what their intentions are as far as the film. Because if it's someone like Daniel Day Lewis or Val Kilmer, they're just trying to make the best film possible. And if yeah. they're you know maybe they're a little abrasive or whatever, but if they're not putting uh, used condoms in people's trailers yeah. or whatever, then who cares? Let them make yeah, a good movie. They're artists. Not breaking priceless collectible artifacts. Sure. Which one are you referring to there, Kurt Russell? That- no, got, that's uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, I was going to say I got beef there. Yeah. Kurt Russell didn't know what he was doing. That was the... Yeah, you know, the... he didn't know. Yeah, that one. He felt terrible about that one. But, like, Joaquin Phoenix destroyed, like, a $100,000 sink in the master. And then he also destroyed, <laughs> like, a very expensive, like, vanity in, in Walk the Line. Yeah. And there was, like, another movie that he, like, broke some... But he's constantly breaking shit. But whatever. Yeah, We've had great. that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as people on, on set don't feel... Uh, like they're in danger right they probably do <laughs> it's just breaking yeah. shit yep for um, sure why are the tiny guys the the the, the, the brownies? brownies why are they french i don't know <laughs> well that's the thing that like mr wheelow where do we go now it, well that's one of the things that's interesting and they carry it forward to the the new series on disney plus but there's like no did you watch common... the third episode no not yet i was gonna okay. watch it tonight um but the, oh, they have, sorry, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah, they have this, like, co- uncommon accents. Like, there's not a similar accent. Like, Val Kilmer has his, like, American accent. You know, Warwick Davis has his his accent. And then uh, uh, Joanne Whaley has her accent. And then, like you said, the French accent. And then you have, like, Eric, who, like, I don't even know what he's doing. Yeah. And everything. Everybody has a different accent. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And the news series has the same thing. They've got British actors. They have other European actors. Then they have Flash Thompson from Spider Man, the newer <laughs> Spider Man movies. It's 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 interesting how they they do that. But for whatever reason, I still and I think it's right what you brought up the having actual sets, having actually be on location, having real costumes. Like even with all these weird accents that are clashing with each other, I'm st- I was still like fully engrossed in the film. Yeah, you're talking about the yeah the the film. So you're yeah. talking about the series also. Well, no, I was just saying but they carried that forward in the series of having a bunch of mixed accents. But in the movie, um, this movie, I, I'm i still totally engrossed in it, even though it makes no sense having Americans and everything just Americaning about. That's what I'm saying, man. It's fantasy. Like, oh, anything goes. It's jazz. Yeah. They, they fucking ride a shield down a, like a, a mountain <laughs> and invent sledding. It's pretty dope. Did you notice that everybody in the beginning of the movie was pushing the babies downstream? Yeah. <laughs> it happened like three times. Yeah. I, I don't understand how that's a better option than anything else. Well, even Willow at one point was like, I've got to plant our seeds. We're so poor. We couldn't even buy seeds. We had to send our little tiny children out where there's fucking monsters in the jungles or in pigs. the forest to go and find seeds that we can plant for free so we can maybe yield some crops so we don't lose our land. We don't have time to deal with this baby infant child that's as big as we are send it back down the river like he literally tells his yeah. wife to put the baby back in the river and the wife's like go fuck yourself it's like I'm that scene this baby it's like that scene in uh kung pao uh 
at the beginning of the bye, movie. Bye, baby. <laughs> oh, so cute. Bye-bye. <laughs> and just rolls her back down the hill. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of my notes was, why was sending the baby down the river the solution to the pigs and wigs? <laughs> Let's see. I'm just reading through my notes really quick. I didn't really take too many notes just because, like, the plot is a very simple, it's just get from location A to location Z kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, they, they run into, you know, various obstacles in between and they end up, you know, rallying the human army to go take on the queen. Uh, it I felt like, I, I kind of felt like it should have been two movies. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you would have cut this off. Because it's not that long of a movie. It's not. I felt like... I felt like the midpoint of the movie could have been, uh, you know, the end of a first movie. I, I took a gambit that you'd agree with me before I um, had evidence to back up my opinion. And you did not agree with me. So. I did not agree with you. You're a fool. And yeah. a troll. I, st- I still stand by my opinion. Um, Mad Mardigan is basically Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's just, yeah, he's just... Uh... With a little bit more of a nah, yeah, no, yeah, Mad Mardigan, yeah, Han Solo, yeah, yeah, he's he's a rogue mercenary that doesn't believe in the cause, uh, and you know by ma- means of circumstance ends up helping out our heroes, and then ends up uh, coming over to their side and believing in it. But he jumps on like really early, like you know, initially he loses the baby right away, but as soon as they like run back into each other at the tavern when he's like cross dressing to get away from the uh, husband whose wife he clearly fucks because he's. 1988 Val Kilmer. Yeah, uh, I'd fucking he, Jesus. <laughs> he uh, immediately is just like he like is on the the he's like riding the buggy or the cart and he's like getting away and he's like doing all that and like he looks at the baby like once and he's like all right, that's a cute baby and then he's just like <laughs> on board <laughs> like he's yeah. on board the rest of the movie like he, he's he's like so on board that he even gets like the other army when they're like. Nah, the queen's pretty fucking powerful. We're just gonna go home and just like wait for her to take over everything. He's like, no, 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 no. We gotta get that baby. Let's go get that baby. <laughs> Is that how he says it? Yeah. <laughs> you, Elaine, when are you gonna come see the baby? <laughs> you gotta see the baby. Baby. Um, I really liked him learning everyone's names right off the bat. Yeah, that was really sweet. Yeah. That Bardigan's such a weird name. That sounds like a first name and a last name. It's just a first name. But it's just a first name. It sounds like a nickname. Yeah. Mads Mardigan, if he was on that show, Hannibal. Yep. <laughs> um, what else do we got here? Why I've did... got nothing. It's just a fun movie. Yeah. Um, at some point, I said it's like Ant-Man. Von Aker looks like The Rock. Von Carr, whoever the guy is. Oh, the general dude? Yeah. He, he looked like The Rock a little bit. Yeah. Um, one of the brownies had tiny Goku hair. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, the... It's the um like the good witch is Ra- Raziel or something. Yeah, something like that. I honestly, she was inside of a, she was inside of a cage and tried to become human. Yeah, like she was a rabbit. Or what, I mean, she was Ferret fifty little thing. Yeah, she Not was fifty ferret. fucking things. But yeah. when they're locked up, she's like, "Change me, Willow." Change me. And she, That's... he asked to he asked him to to change her while she was still in the cage. Like, why wouldn't she crawl out? Right. That scene was funny because like Mad Mart again, he's like. What are you? What are you gonna turn into? What are you gonna look like? She's like, I'm a young and beautiful woman. <laughs> concentrate, Willow. Concentrate. <laughs> I liked Mad Mardigan inside the snowball with his feet yeah. and arms sticking <laughs> out. His arms it. sticking out. <laughs> like I actually really liked how Sorsha fell for him because she's like, 
like confused why he was like attracted to her and then like she's just like i don't love her she kicked me in the face her and her mom's army like show up and these guys just like are lock themselves knowingly in this castle that has two trolls and they set up all these like booby traps and like mad mardigan is just fucking killing everybody's dual wielding crossbows and he like dumps them picks up two more boom and then like has all these like traps and she's just watching and he's like she's like yeah i'm probably gonna fuck him (laughs) (laughs) and then she's just in love and flip side like that val kilmer d made her want to kill her own mom yeah i get it speaking of the mom my i think my biggest complaint with the movie like from an actual uh complaint from a filmmaking perspective um i feel like seeing the clean the queen be like seeing her be evil early on would have been better. I know yeah. that she, you know, she rounds up all the pregnant women, like that's awful and stuff, but we sort of see the effects of it. We don't see her directly being evil. It's yeah. so like when we get to the third act and she's got like, you know, Emperor Palpatine powers, um, it makes sense, but I had to be like, oh yeah, she's like got powers. I didn't even yeah. think about that. It's not really until like Sorsha's like, she's like the queen's turning all the people into pigs and Sorsha's like, but mom, so it's pigs. me. And then she like turns her own daughter into a pig. You're like, oh damn, that's cold. Yeah, she's a cold yeah. ass honky. I just, I just think a, a you know shot earlier on. Ron Howard, are you listening? Nice shot earlier on of the queen doing yeah, something. Yeah, Ron, what are you doing? She could like turn one of her guards who's insolent into a rat or something. Yeah, and step something. On him. Yeah, or like when um at the beginning of the movie when the baby goes missing, like immediately just been like boof, like just off somebody right then and there yeah perfect opportunity well i think that we've said all that can be said it's a fun movie go watch it yeah yeah what are you doing with your life if you haven't seen it yet yeah alex well i've seen it well now you have yeah so all right well what have you been up to bud well sir um jesus christ when was the last time we talked like a oh the erasers uh i rewatched neighbors which is an excellent movie Seth Rogen should come be on the podcast. I, I like that movie, man. It's fun. I like the second one even more. I I like the second one even less. I don't know why I watched it. So you're uh, an anti-feminist is what you're saying? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I just did not like either movie. I don't know why I watched the second one when I didn't like the first one. Yeah, that's crazy. I also watched Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special. Me too. Really enjoyed that. Me too. Had a good time with it. Um, I have a shirt in my Etsy with a uh, written directed by James Gunn on it. Nice. You can buy it if you want. Um, Iron Man three, we re- revisited. That was fun. Good. Good. Um, Wakanda forever round two. Yep. 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 Uh, Willow, obviously we've been watching Pepsi. Where's my jet? Me too. Which one are you on? We just finished it. Uh, we've, we've got one more to watch. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's really good, man. We, we should talk afterwards. I'm really, I really enjoyed it though. I thought it was great. Still watching Buffy. We started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, we're we're on season five now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just blasting through it. That show's great. Uh, I think I'm forgetting a TV show. Oh, we've been watching Andor. I want to watch Andor so bad, but Katrina, I want to like, talk to you about it. Katrina loves Diego Luna. She's like, that's the one Star Wars thing I'll actually watch. We watched like the first two, but she oh, like, so you have seen a couple? Just the first two. Okay. And she, like, wasn't paying attention. So when I went to go watch, like, I'm like, hey, can we watch? She's like, I don't remember. We'll have to start it over. And I'm like, god damn it. Like, I really want to watch this. Like, I really, really, really want to watch it. I'm getting to the point where I'm just going to fucking watch it on my own and then rewatch it with her. Yeah. Like, so she's out of town. So when she gets back, we're going to finish White Lotus. 
Yeah. And then in like an hour, baby. Yeah. For me, well, for me well, not you. Yeah. So we'll finish White Lotus and then we're like, listen here. We're going to watch Andor or you're going to be leaving. You're going to go out the door. I'm going to text you spoilers about White Lotus. No, don't do it. You, you're caught up, right? No, I we didn't watch last week's episode okay. either. We I'm not traveling. even going to joke about it then. Yeah. Um, last night we saw the menu as well. I've seen that twice. It is so, so good. good. Like, fuck, man. That might be one of my favorite movies of the year. It, and it too. And, and what's crazy too is that most of it takes place in one room, right? Like, yeah, it's you know, it's essentially a one a single location horror film. Um, but it all takes place in in one room. There's only a handful of actors. There's not really any like big action scenes or anything like that. I mean, there's not, but there's you know, there's um, there's a couple. There's like little ones. set. There's set pieces that happen yeah. in one room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without spoiling anything. Um, but all that being said, you've got to see it on a big screen. Like, oh, so I'm so glad that I saw it in a theater because it just wouldn't it wouldn't be the same seeing it at so home. I, I mentioned that to Katrina. It's like, I mean, that movie has been on the trailers for literally like every movie I've seen in the last like six months. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that trailer like a million times. And the first couple of times we saw it, like I always joke when there's a, a really shitty looking movie trailer. I'll be like, I'll be like, that looks really good. And like the first time we saw the trailer, I said that, but like I was being like earnest, but Katrina thought I was being sarcastic <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it doesn't look very good. I'm like, no, I'm kidding. That looks fantastic. I can't wait for that. And like the first couple of times we saw the trailer, she's like, I don't know about that. But then eventually she's like, actually, it does look really, really good. Yeah. And we uh, there, I don't remember the other couple of weeks ago, we were going to go watch that or a different movie. And I'm like, no, we need to watch this. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because if we don't watch this in theaters. By the time it comes out to streaming, it's we're, we're going to forget about it, and we won't watch it. I can't tell you how many movies that I was dying to see and didn't get around to it for whatever reason, and I never watched on streaming. Well, you mentioned trailers, and I think a, a big thing to talk about around this movie is how um, maybe and I don't want to say how good the trailer is. I think it was pretty good, but I understand that you know Katrina wasn't blown away by it. But what it did do really well is it didn't show you the whole fucking movie. No, like it, it just set it up, gave you an idea of the tone. And that was it. It made you it just want gave you some nice character made, pieces. Yeah, and it made you want to go see it. it made uh, it left you, uh, it left you wanting. Give it and, a couple of days and go see it again, man. Oh, I probably will. But you know, just to finish that thought, we saw a trailer for that movie, um, Missing, the, oh, the yeah, found footage the... cam one. I I mean, I think the idea is interesting. It looks like they're you know they're doing something. I don't expect a lot from it, but it looks kind of cool. Like I would see it, but the trailer. Like, like halfway through, everything. it showed everything. And I was like, well, hold on. I don't want to know everything. Now I, I have like, no interest in going to yeah. see the movie. I know it's going to happen. Yep. Yep. I feel you. Any, anything it. else before I... Uh... That's it. All right. So I uh, we watched, relaunched Thor Love and Thunder. Katrina really, really wanted to rewatch that. How so was that? We, we had a good time. I, I actually really like that movie. Hmm. Um, I think it's a fun movie. I don't see why... It's, it's how... really like the flashpoint of Marvel criticism recently. Like, I don't understand how people could love um, Ragnarok so much and not like this one. Because like, I think it's not as good as Ragnarok and they've seen that um, the trick already. I don't think it's quite as good, but I think it's like 90 to 95% there. And there's like certain, I, like I really loved the beginning and I really loved the end of the movie. Like there's, and some of the set pieces were great and we loved I, fucking Russell Crowe as Zeus. And Christian Bale. And Christian Bale's performance. I, it's got a lot of things that, it, yeah. So I mean, sorry, we don't have to yeah. get into this too much, but. There's a lot of things I really like about it, but I think it is um, too similar with Ragnarok without um, being better or 
more inter- more interesting. That's fair. And for me, I like Ragnarok. Like a lot of people think Ragnarok is their favorite Marvel movie. It's nowhere near the top for me. I'd put it in like, I'd put it in like upper mid lower top. But it's I wouldn't even put it probably in my top ten. Should we Marvel do films. our um our tier chart of Marvel movies soon? We'd have to do it again. We've done it before. No, but with me, like the S. Yeah, we did an episode. We did it in like a a Patreon thing. Oh, I don't remember it. Yeah, we we're, we're going to have to do it again. Yeah, we ranked all of them. All right. um, or maybe it was just Fast and the Furious. I don't remember. It fast, yeah, it was Fast and the Furious. Yeah. I want to do like a tier chart, like a visual one, and then we could put it on Instagram. Yeah, we should do that sometime. Uh, we rewatched Into the Spider-Verse. Tight. Um, of course, we watched Wednesday. Tight. We started it. Uh, we watched the Guardian Christmas special as well. Um, I watched the latest season of Big Mouth. <laughs> I don't know why I watch it. It's just like I normally watch it while I'm like cooking or cleaning. Like don't really need to pay attention to it. Uh, Pepsi, where's my jet? Got one more. Disenchanted, and I think I mentioned it that we start like we watched like an episode the last time we recorded. But Boy Meets World, we've been watching it, and it's mm-hmm. really fucking good. Like <laughs> we're now into like the second half of the second to last season, and, and like I definitely think the last two seasons are nowhere near as good as the first few. But the first five seasons are just really good and i think people should watch it yeah and we watched the new disenchanted movie eh hmm. how'd you like wednesday i liked it uh, i didn't love it like i don't think it's the most amazing thing in the world but i i found it to be pretty entertaining throughout i liked jenna ortega as wednesday i think she did a great job yeah we we've just watched the first episode and i was i enjoyed it and i'll finish it but I'm, i was a little underwhelmed based the on first what was i i was very disappointed um Initially, when I found out that Louise Guzman and Catherine Zeta-Jones only being in two episodes, I was a little confused, but oh, I was actually I glad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're only in two episodes, so they're not very good. And, like, honestly, Louise Guzman, like, he is a more accurate, like, he's technically a more accurate Gomez than, like, Raul Julio, as fantastic as he was, um, to, like, the original comic, but... God, he and Catherine Zeta-Jones had, like, no chemistry. So as soon as I found out they were only in two episodes, I was really happy because I was really disappointed with them. But I felt like it, it was a lot of, like, uh, like Gen X humor. Yeah. Or it Gen, gets, Gen Z. Once they get to the school and it's just the student stuff, like, so episode two on, it is much better. Okay, cool. Like, even um, I cannot stand um, Fred Armisen. Like, I fucking hate him. I know. <laughs> and he, like, he didn't even bother me as Fester. Like, yeah. it was, like, he's only in one episode, so I was like, ah, moved right past it. Anybody's better than Johnny Depp. Yeah, everyone thought it was going to be him because they yeah. didn't reveal it until, like, two weeks before it dropped, so. And it was like a big nothing burger. It's like, oh, it's Fred Armisen. All right. Okay, whatever. One episode. Fine. All right. All right. Willow, Willow series. Willow part two. Um, I'll do this one. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, my God. I think I'll do this one. I just had it in front of me, and now it's disappeared. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hold on. Where the fuck did my little thing go? <laughs> Alex's got a small dick. <sighs> oh, it's in my it's in my pants. That's where it is. Oh, you know what? Sorry. Cut all this out. Cut all this out. Cut all this out. I'm not cutting out the part about your small dick. No, that's fine. Leave that. Just <laughs> you imagine somebody listening to it like... Alex has a small dick. So anyway, on Willow. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> um, 
Willow, the legendary sorcerer, returns in a new series set many years after the events of the original film. Willow leads a group of misfit heroes on a dangerous rescue mission through the a world beyond their wildest imaginations. Sure. <laughs> I guess that's what's happening. I mean, I'm sure that's eventually what will happen. Yeah. Remember that guy, Willow? He he goes on another adventure with a bunch of uh, Gen Z kids. They all have American accents. and uh, Except for the ones that don't. And they just talk about stuff. It's got uh, uh, Aaron Kelly, who's now like got a like a, a hat trick of Disney properties now because she was in Solo, she was in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now this. So she's got her. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Her hat trick that my, with Disney now. Yeah, I had that in my notes. Good for Good her. Good for her, especially for being you know a little freckled ginger kid. It's pretty amazing to be like a star of three pretty major franchises. Yeah, well, you know, Disney's all about diversity. They want to bring those freckled kids in. Yeah, ginger freckled kids. I thought the prologue to this show, um, well, I get, let's set it up with a little bit more of a detailed synopsis, right? Or at least like introduction. So the show opens up with um, the now queen who was the previous princess who was Sorsha. trying to kill Mad Mardigan. Sorsha, who fell in love with Mad Mardigan. She's now the queen and has been for many years. And uh, there's peace in whatever the name of this land is. Middle and she's sort of. Middle Earth, and she's sort of narrating this introduction, and she's uh, she's on kind of a heavy lies the crown thing. Mad Mardigan's nowhere to be found, and um, but she, you know, she sees trouble on the horizon. That's that's yeah. good enough, right? She's kind of shitty to Mad Mardigan in the beginning. Yeah, well, I mean, she's she like doesn't... this rogue, this piece of shit, this absolute motherfucker with a tiny dick. He's been Scruffy gone nerfing. for all these years. <laughs> Scruffy looking nerf herder. Like she, I was a little insulted for Val because Val like can't be in the show. Um, but he was going to be. There was just a scheduling conflict. They were gonna find a way to make it work with a oh, combination really? of AI and his son's it, voice. It felt a little bit like she was uh, kicking this guy while he's down, and I don't think that's the intention. It seems after the second episode, it seems like they're gonna do a little redemption for Mad Martigan, even though he, you know, they manufactured him needing a redemption. Um, but it, it threw me off and put a bad taste in my mouth right away. Interesting. I just looked at it as like he went off to go do something and she feels slighted because he went and like, because to me it sounds like there's going to be a mystery. Part of the mystery of the series is going to be like what happened to Mad Martigan. Hmm. And I think it's going to be he left for like heroic intentions. And if this gets a series two, then I think we will hopefully find a way to get Val Kilmer in and whether it's the combination of AI and his his son I'm hoping that if there is a season two, we get him. Yeah, I mean, we're you know we've only watched two episodes of the show, so I could be totally wrong. That's just my my raw impression. Yeah, and then so like the state of the world essentially is so yeah, Mad Mardigan is missing. Uh, Willow and Sorsha also kind of had a, a a rift that separated them because uh, they couldn't agree on how to handle Alora. Uh, Sorsha thinks that they should just hide Alora so no, she's not a target for anybody and just kind of like squash magic and kind of make magic not legal. And then Willow's like, no, I need to train her so that way she can like defeat the evil. Like we use magic to create this magic barrier so evil can't come, but that's not going to hold forever. So we need to train her to p- fulfill her destiny. So he's like, she says no. So he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go protect my own people. Fuck the humans. They can die. And he goes off on his own, and now it's like 20 years later, Kit, the daughter's going to get married. She doesn't like it because she's got kind of, they're hinting that she's got a relationship with her friend. And uh, Alora's secretly the, a servant girl named 
nicknamed Dove. And uh, that's kind of where the state of the world is before this episode starts. Yeah. So at the end of that episode, they reveal that Dove is, is Alora, right? No, not until episode two, dog. Yeah. But I knew in episode one. Yeah. I knew very early on. Yeah. Like, one of them was going to be. Yeah. Like, I actually like the, the first episode really like that. This is where I, I have a little bit of an issue with like the way of Marvel and Disney as a whole and Star Wars. There's certain things that like can be movies and they're milking things like most of the Marvel shows. When you think about it, if you were being honest, could have been a two hour movie. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. could have been a two hour movie. So Falcon and Winter Soldier could have been a two hour movie, but they're stretching it and milking it to make it four to six hours. Yeah. When you look at the entire movie of Willow being two hours and one minutes with the credits in it, and it did a really great job of world building. It got us on board right away. This episode, these are like 42 minutes, and then they have like eight-minute credits. So these are like 35 to 40-minute episodes so far. And it spent like the entire first episode just like telling us what has happened in the last 20 years from Sorsha's point of view. And then kind of telling us about this young crew. And it's like the uh, the original movie would have been able to get like all of this going in a half an hour and already had them like halfway through their adventure, first adventure. Yeah, and like these kids are not interesting enough. None to of spend them are likable. 40, 40 minutes like setting not all yet. this up. No, so. and and you mentioned Marvel. Like I don't um, I know there there's a big argument with like DC fanboys. I think it's mostly Zack Snyder fanboys. But a thing that people like to say is that Marvel has made superhero movies jokey, and everyone wants to do quips and blah blah blah. And I think that's you know kind of bullshit. But it's something I really felt with this show. Like everything felt like um like forced in quippy uh, things that people like, it's not really, it's not how I expect those characters to talk. And it's not how they talked in the first movie. No. And we're, and we're, we're kind of taking a holistic approach to this. Like we're not going reviewing episode one, then reviewing episode two. But like when you get into episode two, just to kind of like continue with this awkward pacing, that episode, it's about once again, you know, 35 to 40 minutes of actual content with another eight to 10 minutes of credits we get all the same backstory that we got in episode one from Sorsha. We're getting the exact same story, but from Willow's point of view with flashbacks with like really good de-aging effects. But still, it's like, why did we need to hear the same story with honestly like no details changed? But like the, just the pacing is is really off. Like the second episode almost entirely recapping the first episode. Mm-hmm. Was was a little strange. Yeah, I think I'll, that's one of many things in this uh, series that feel uh, anachronistic. Um, it's very jokey, like more jokey than I think it needs to be. Um, how do like their hair looks fantastic? How do they get in these haircuts in this medieval fantasy land yeah. that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't even have magic anymore? Right. Well, and like one of the other things I thought was was odd is like. You know, you mentioned in the first movie, you know, take a little, st- you know, take a sprinkle of Star Wars, take a sprinkle of Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you know, the, the books, obviously not the movies at that point. Right. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. This movie, you know, and that made sense. It was a Lucasfilms movie. This was still technically Lucasfilms and Disney, but I feel like this this whole legacy sequel thing that we've been getting over the last 10 years, 15 years, really is from like Star Wars, Force Awakens, 
really like blowing up. That's the most still to this day is the the most successful domestic film of all time here in the United States. Um, but there was, you know, a lot of knocks on how similar it was to the original Star Wars. The I Force kinda... Awakens is the most successful domestic Domest- film. Yeah, it's the biggest. Uh, no dom- yeah, it's the it's the biggest financial movie in the United States. Right. Uh, but I feel like this movie or this series is doing exactly what Force Awakens did, but like doing like more Star Wars stuff. It's like, all right, here's a young generation, and they need to talk to the old generation. And Dove slash Alora is, you know, Ray and. Warwick Davis as as Willow is both like Luke and Han Solo and everything and then like they're even like the the way the plot progresses the same they even talk about like magic and shooting lightning bolts out of her fingers and everything like I feel like this is trying to be fantasy Star Wars and not trying to be its own thing yeah up i I honestly don't have much to say like the at the end of the first episode the gales showed up and they're like they kind of look like uh, uh, um, uh, Cenobites from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all kind of like one's called uh, Scourge, one's called the Lich, Doom, and and uh, Strag or Sag or something like that. Um, so yeah, they're they're very like Cenobite looking Knights of Ren kind of style guys. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I wish that I wish that they um, took the opportunity of doing a new series to make it a little bit more weird and unique instead of. Uh, continuing the tradition of making it feel like some other things you know this is it's just kind of like oh you like star wars here's this other thing that's sort of similar it's also like just kind of game of thrones for kids or like people that aren't into incest and rape yeah it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel totally unoriginal but it also uh doesn't feel that unique well to finish off it's just not as charming as the movie no i agree and like I'll, I I might give it another episode or two. Yeah. But honestly, I'm not really sold on this so far. Yeah. So which is I wouldn't. I, yeah, I wouldn't have watched it if we weren't doing the podcast. Uh, I might. I was thinking I might finish it. I might watch a couple more episodes. But I'll and, probably give it another episode. Just, it was an odd decision to drop two episodes the first week, which Disney always does that on Disney Plus. But to drop two virtually identical episodes was just kind of odd. Kind of odd, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll, we'll, I'll probably watch another two or three before I decide. But mm, so far, yeah. I'm not impressed. Tonight, I'll be watching White Lotus, not Willow. Yep, I feel you, dog. I feel you, dog. All right, let's uh, wrap up. Mike, go ahead and give us your plugs. No, you give us your plugs. Okay, since you asked so nicely, um, I'm on the Instagrams at dyslexic d y s alex i c. I'm technically on Twitter, but I haven't been using it. So, why? Feel free to use me. Use use me. Feel free to add me there if you use it at Polishi. Uh, I'm on TikTok at Polishi, and I have a little Etsy store where I sell funny film and TV related uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts and merchandise. That's called Burn the Scene Boutique on Etsy. And if you use the code Remake Rewind, you get a sweet little discount. And for what it's worth, the quality of that stuff is really good. I've got a few of his T-shirts and. Uh... They're quite comfy. They make me feel safe and warm. Oh, man. Thanks so much. Oh, I'm also on Letterboxd at Belichie. Yeah, you is. And you guys can check out everything that's MDX Pods related at MDXPods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we're also on YouTube, uh, so you can check us out there. If you guys want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash MDXPods and get early access and bonus stuffs. But uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Nice. Nice short episode.